Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hello, and welcome to the first day of May. We are five months into the new year, which is weird because it's no longer new. No. <laughs> like, it may still have that new car smell, but very faint at this point. <laughs> it's starting to fade away. It's like, yes. got hints of it, but yeah. not as strong. Yes, not as strong. Time to put a new refill in there. Yeah. You got about another month, and then you're at the halfway point. Need to get a refill. <laughs> right. <laughs> Good morning, my friend. And how are you? Doing all right. Um, yeah. You know, it's Monday. As you mentioned, the first of the month. So we'll see how this month goes. Yeah. And can I give a kudos to social media for the first time ever? Oh. <laughs> I think this may have been this. Sorry, this may have been the first year I didn't have adjusted a ton of Justin Timberlake memes ah. about it's going to be May. Congratulations, Internet. You made me proud. I've seen a couple, but not a lot. Uh, not, not, yeah, not, a flood, not, not, yeah, not oversaturated. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, yeah. someone already made that joke. Nope. The, if you scroll back up, two other people made that joke. Right. It's, uh, it's like the same every year. Like, yeah, it's end of April, but tomorrow it's what? It's going to be May. Yeah. It's true. Um, Anyways, I'm glad you're doing well. Um, we, too, are doing well. Uh, yesterday was my stepmom's birthday and would have been my grandmother's 96th um, birthday. So we, kind of in honor of my grandparents. Now, uh, my grandfather was a big, he liked growing tomatoes, potatoes, and corn uh, <laughs> in his little garden he made out in the back of his house. I ate the corn and potatoes. I don't eat. I don't do tomatoes. I like ketchup and I don't like tomatoes. It's really weird. But I like pico. It's. I just don't like ham. You know, like tomatoes on hamburgers and stuff like that, or just eating tomatoes. However, uh, Ruth got a small tomato plant last year, and I helped keep it alive and everything. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of nice, you know. It's something just to kind of. It always made me think of my grandfather while I was taking care of it. So I named it Jack after him. Well, obviously, November, Jack, Jack was done for the year. So we put him to rest. And so this year, I went out and got some seeds and had York and Grayson both help me, and we planted new tomato. I've never planted vegetables myself. Mm-hmm. So we're going to try this out. Um, and it said, you know, the seed said like 77 days. So it'll be July almost before, in July almost August. Really, because um, yeah. I, I mean, the weather hasn't been nice enough to plant it any earlier than what it is now. No. And so True. Uh, too many cold spells and hard grounds and stuff like that. But we uh, but we did a good job and uh, got one in the ground. And there was one you could put in a uh, in a pot. So Grayson helped with that one. So we have two different things of tomatoes. So we're going to see how that goes slash grows. Um, 
we uh, other than that, yeah, we've just kind of been uh, just not a lot going on, which is good. Uh, Grayson starts her new competition team this week, so different schedule. Uh, that will definitely surely keep her busy and uh, us as well trying to remember it. Right. So, so uh, also Thursday will be our talent show for school. Just crazy. They've only got like four weeks of school left and then done. At least here. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. But it'll be good. Um, they're ex- as you can imagine, York is excited. Grayson kind of is. She's excited in the sense that she'll be starting third grade, but not in the sense that school will be out. Right. She's, she's that kid. So, but that's, other than that, good. it's good that she has that enthusiasm for school. Lord, I hope she keeps it. But we'll we'll see. I guess only time will tell. Yeah. Um, and you know we're doing some spring cleaning around here, which is you know for me is always one of my favorite things to do. Because less clutter is better for me. It helps my mental health. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't I'm sure about anybody else's, but for me, yes. Uh, let's see here. All right, trailers. Um, we've got The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds, or as I referred to it earlier, The Hunger Games. It makes a lot of money, so here we go. Let's see. Coriolanus Snow mentors and develops feelings for the female District 12 tribute during the 10th Hunger Games. Starring Rachel Ziegler, uh, Tom Blythe, Hunter Schaefer, and Kijo Brutscheidt. That sounds right. And, of course... Bern Gorman, who I really like, Viola Davis, Jason Schwartzman, Peter Dinklage, uh, Fionnulia. Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. It's Irish. Fionnulia, Flanagan, and I think that's it. So, coming out ex- expected November 17th. So, for all you Hunger Games fans and twins alike. It's coming to you. And because there wasn't enough to show in the first trailer, they released the Transformers Rise of the Beast official trailer. Hmm. In case you hadn't seen the entire movie the first time, here's your chance to catch the rest of it. Uh, That is... That'll be coming out June 9th. So it's the... Is that the rival, or is that... I believe that's going... I think that's the week after. Stand by, stand by. Yes, that would be the week after Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't remember if that was the same week or the week before. So, yep. So, after you've watched Spider-Man twice, you can then go check out (laughs) the new Transformers. Next up, we have Disney's Wish coming out November 22nd. It's new animated uh, with the voices of Chris Pine, Ariana DeBose, and Alan Tudyk. Wish will follow a young girl named Asha 
who wishes on a star and gets a more direct answer than she bargained for when a troublemaking star comes down from the sky to join her. And also there's another trailer for, again, if case you hadn't seen a lot of things in the teaser trailer of The Flash, the official trailer number two for The Flash is out. I have chosen not to watch it because the first one showed me more than I needed to see, and I honestly don't need to see anything more. So I'm good with it. And then uh, lastly, Next Goal Wins, expected November 17th, directed by Taika Watiti. The story of the infamously terrible American Samoa soccer team, known for a brutal 2001 FIFA match that they lost 31 to 0. Starring, yeah, starring uh, Michael Fassbender, Taika Watiti, Will Arnett, Elizabeth Moss, and Rachel House, and others. There we go. That's our trailers. So is that going to just lead up to them having that horrible loss, or is it going to pick up after that? <laughs> or is it going to build up to it? Yeah. Yeah. We're like, well, we know how it's going to end. <laughs> so <Man. laughs> it's a cruel joke. It'll be uh, it'll look, it'll be good though. I think we'll see. We shall see, my friend. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's it. All I got. Which means you are up, kind sir, this week. Alrighty. So the first movie I'm going to talk about, I checked out Chevalier, which came out the 24th. has a runtime of an hour and 47 minutes, directed by Stephen Williams. And it stars Kelvin Harrison Jr., who plays... There's like a couple of ways I heard it pronounced. It's either Joseph Ballon or Joseph Bolognier. It's one of the two. In the, in the movie, they said Bolognier. But then... Okay. Uh, Samara Weaving plays um, Marie Josephine. Uh, Lucy Boynton plays Marie Antoinette. Martin Sokas plays Marquise de Montalembert or Montalembert. Uh, Alex Fiddlin plays Philippe. All right, so the synopsis uh, based on the true story of composer Joseph Bolognier, Servalier de Saint Georges. The illegitimate son of an African slave and a French plantation owner who rises to heights in French society as a composer before an ill-fated love affair. So this movie starts off with kind of like a, I guess we call it a violinist battle. So um, Mozart is performing and at the end, you know, he gets a nice round of applause and he asks the audience for, you know, any requests. He'll play anything that they say. So then... You know, they give off different uh, numbers to his pieces. Then a voice comes out and says, how about number five? And so it happens to be his favorite. So he says, okay. And then this person also says, well, can I come up on stage and perform with you? This happens to be Joseph Bolognier. So Mozart, humoring, said, okay, come on, come on up. And, of course, Joseph's kind of in the shadows. But then when he gets on stage, he's in the light, and they see this black man dressed with the with the with the gray wig and yep. all that, and you know, the crowd kind of responds. So Mozart's like, "Well, you do need a violin, right?" And so Joseph, it's like, "Well, I left it in the shop." So he borrows one of the performers' violins, and they kind of play together. But then over time, Joseph starts to outshine Mozart, like just overplaying them, and you know, pretty much takes over the performance. 
and to the point where Mozart walks off the stage and Joseph continues. And then he gets an even louder response from the crowd as far as how well he does. Mozart's like, who is this guy? <laughs> um, and so then we kind of take a little dip into an origin story about Joseph when his dad takes him to this school and basically drops him off. The, um, the headmaster of the school doesn't want to accept him for the obvious reason, but he says, you know, his dad tells him he has a talent that, you know, this school is there to kind of nourish and help them flourish. So he has Joseph play the violin and he's impressed. So he accepts him just based off his violinist skills. And before leaving, his father tells him to just be the greatest that he can be, that he's not going to be accepted because of how he looks, but don't let that deter him from being a great Frenchman. So they show him getting bullied by other students, um, but that doesn't deter him. He um, ends up challenging, like he, he's great at fencing, so he ends up challenging someone for position of Chevalier, which he wins. And um, even though his opponent tries to cheat, um, but he stands firm and ends up beating him and he earns the title of Chevalier, which grants him an increased profile in Parisian nobility. So, you know, that helps him out a lot, despite him not looking like everyone else. This position just puts him at a good, good standing. So... He ends up going to a party. He sees um, Marie Josephine singing. And he's impressed with her voice. Prior to that, he goes to an opera where uh, many drivers, La Guimard, I think that's how you say it, is performing, but he's not impressed with her singing voice. And he's, he's, he's thoroughly bored. <laughs> and um, he's good friends with Marie Antoinette. But... Um, Fast and forward, he's trying to challenge for this position of conductor role for the Paris Opera, which is a prestigious position. But to do so, he has to perform a great, put on a great opera performance, which he enlists uh, Marie Josephine to sing in. But her husband, the Marquise, is like, no, we're not doing this, you know. But he's always going to war. He's gone. So when he leaves, he's gone for a year and... Uh, Marie Josephine shows up and says, hey, I want to do this show. And Joseph's like, well, your husband was against this. Do you think this is smart? And even his friend Philippe is trying to tell him don't do this because, you know, there's going to be some grave consequences. But they go through uh, practicing every day. But then during his practicing, they end up kind of having a little extramarital affair, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, it's not not a good idea, but it happened. You know, spending a lot of time together. Um. So they end up putting putting on this show, which is gets a great response. And so he's thinking he's a shoe in to get this position. But, you know, of course, nothing is secret. Everybody finds out what's going on. And even though he's friends with Marie Antoinette, she ends up giving the position to someone else. <laughs> and it's just, it just everything just goes left from there. He ends up finding out that his father passed away. But because of how he was brought into the world he doesn't get the benefits of any of his assets you know so he doesn't get the money any land yeah. but um great thing is his mom was freed from slavery so she ends up staying with him 
And so, you know, he's pretty much acclimated to the French world, this society. But his mom sees through it and is trying to tell him, like, look, as great as you are here, don't forget. Basically, don't forget who you are because you'll find yourself in situations that, you know, regardless of who you know, it's not going to help you. The performances here, especially with um, Kelvin Harris Jr., Harrison Jr., pretty much everything I've seen him in, he's been standout as far as his yeah. acting performance. Um, you know, they kind of, I guess, give you a little bit of the Joseph story. They don't really go too deep. I guess maybe they did so just to kind of inspire people to maybe do some more research and learn more. Yep. And um, I think it would be good if they like did a series about him. That way they can actually spend time kind of yes. going deep into a story but um but it, it was worth a watch um uh it's just the music you know i like opera and mm-hmm. classical music so the music displayed here was really great um but yeah if you if you're interested in watching i say it's worth checking out not something you necessarily have to in theaters so maybe when it comes on streaming you know mm-hmm. check it out then but um it's good good watch Okay, cool. <clears throat> so for my first one, I watched uh, from on that's available on Hulu. I watched Rye Lane, R A R Y E Lane. It's about two youngsters, really from bad breakups, who connect over an eventful day in South London, starring David Johnson as Dom, Vivian Opera. As Jazz, Poppy Owen Quarmby as Cass, Charlie Knight as a hoverboard guy, uh, Simon Mayanda as Nathan. It's this is by a first time director, Rain Ellen Miller. She, uh, you can see where her influences are. Um, mm-hmm. I was kind of telling you uh, beforehand before we recorded that. This movie was is for you. It's perfect. It is. Uh, it's got that perfect mix of romantic uh, romantic comedy, and they there's a lot of really funny bits mm-hmm. in there. The two characters really work well off of each other. Great chemistry, and the exes, the people that play their ex, their ex uh, partners, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm just play it beautifully it's just kind of they try to play it serious but yet they just come off looking ridiculous so it just kind of adds to their character and uh it's just great the lighting is outstanding there's so much color in this mm-hmm. uh what's that one movie that if beale street could talk that always that had that really kind of vibrant color to yeah. it uh that mixed with like a little bit of spike lee Kind of the way he does color too, to match not only the lighting with the scene, but also the color uh, with the clothes that they're wearing really kind of helps kind of add that kind of extra zip, I guess you could say, to -hmm. the scene. Makes it beautiful to watch. The choice of different camera lenses too, to just convey the simplest of things. Because they even do like a, this weird kind of this seems like it'd be a fairly large kind of fisheye lens just to walk from the one like the back of a I guess they call it a flat the back of a house to the front of a house 
kind mm-hmm. of just show kind of just that brought kind of get the full scope of the of the of what's in the scene. It's actually a pretty interesting use of cameras in this. And it's not like, hey, we're just going to and it's not like a first time director that's trying to try every trick that they've learned in film school. It's, hey, I want to show a specific point of view that I don't think is being that has been shown in these type of movies. And it just makes it more than just a romantic comedy that you see on, you know, like Lifetime or Hallmark or something like that. And just kind of a fluff film. This really adds some depth, some uh, class or whatever you want to call. Yeah. And just really elevates this movie. Not to mention the performances by all the cast were phenomenal. Basically, Dom ends up, he's been broken up. Him and his girlfriend have been broken up for, I think he said like three months, but really like something like six years. <laughs> but it's like, it's been a while, you know, it's yeah. three months for sure. But, you know, it's just, uh, he's still not over her yet. Meanwhile, uh, Yaz has been broken up with hers for a while. And Dom's a little more forthcoming about him and his ex's previous you know relationship and why things fell apart and how he's trying to come to grips of getting over it whereas Yaz is a little less forthcoming but Mm -hmm. she's doing her best to help him having been through the same type of thing and it takes like half the movie to for to find out what actually happened in her prior relationship and the fact that they even though they've helped each other, they've built this bond by doing, you know, by going on this kind of, these kind of small, they're not really dates, but outings together, I guess you could say. And hanging out, they find, you know, obviously that they have feelings for each other and that, you know what, they're actually the best match. And they should, the best way to get over their exes is to just keep spending time together and finding out more about each other. Like a, most romantic comedies, but of course there's, you know, like anything, there's minor conflict that goes on that's easily resolved, you know, with uh, the two characters kind of realizing they're both idiots and, you know, having that, but this is, it's making it sound kind of, it's, it loses how great this movie really is. When we talk about relationships, especially, especially like relationships now, and the things people kind of break up about, you know, mm-hmm. it's a lot different than because there's just so much that has changed uh, in our society. And so it's interesting just to see a newer kind of version of this. And just and it's great because there's so many great areas of uh, London that you get to see that you don't really wouldn't because, you know, most movies, they want to show all the big kind of uh I wouldn't say large set pieces, but, you know, tourist areas that people are used to seeing. Like, oh, then point out, oh, I know where that is. Oh, I know where that. No, this is all like right. different areas that you get. There's a Mexican restaurant that I love. It's called Love uh, Guac, Guacholi. So it's guac for like guacamole. And it's guac and then hyphen chili. So love guacholi instead of actually. Which is great because it's also sp- love. Actually, is a rom com, although that's debatable. If you really were to kind of analyze that movie, it's actually yeah. a horrible. Movie. Anyways, beside the point, it's a nice play on one. It's a great pun for it and a great name for a restaurant. And I love this because Dom's like it's there. It's a 
spicy pork. And he's like, well, how spicy is spicy? He's like, well, how do you like spicy food? He says, no, absolutely not. He said, then it's an eight. <laughs> it's like, okay, maybe I'll just get the chicken. then. <laughs> it's just great. And, and then you just see Yaz kind of just giving her a look like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> it's great. It's, it's no, it's just silly things like that. And I just, there's just such a good chemistry. I was just really impressed with the direction and the choices that the director made in filming this movie. And it, from a technical aspect as well, I just thought it was just very entertaining. And I was kind of sad that it did, I didn't see this in theater or that it wasn't available for me to see in theaters, but right. I'm thankful I get to at least watch it on Hulu and that it, it'll be more accessible to people. So it's a great date night movie or just watch by yourself, whatever. It's just a great movie in general. Highly recommend this Rye Lane. And it's right. It is rated R, which there's a little bit of the language. But I don't really know what else. I guess there is some adult content, but like mm-hmm. PG thirteen stuff. Um, they drop any f bombs? I don't. It's I'm horrible with that because sometimes I don't reckon. Like it, it, it's just yeah. I'm the one of those people. It's just it's so commonplace. I don't even think of it. Yeah. Um. So probably more than three. I guess <laughs> it would have to. Uh. But yeah, it's it's good, and it's an hour and twenty two minutes long, so it's a short watch at that. Yeah. So, yep, yep. So go check it out. All right, um, my second movie. I checked out Polite Society. That released this past Friday, runtime of an hour and forty three minutes. Directed by it's either Nita Mansoor or Nida Mansoor. Uh, stars. Priya Kansara as Ria Khan. You have Ritu Araya as Lena Khan. And they're their main characters. Uh, but you have, um, let's see, Nimra Bucha as Rahila. You might remember her from Miss um, Marvel. She played mm-hmm. kind of the main yeah. villain in that movie. And then her character's son, Selim, played by Akshay Khanna. Then you have Serafina Bey. Plays Kara, Clara, one of Rhea's friends, and Ella Brucolari plays Alba, Rhea's other friend. And um, so this is about Rhea Khan, who believes she must save her older sister, Lena, from her impending marriage. After enlisting her friend's help, she attempts to pull off the most ambitious of all wedding heists in the name of independence and sisterhood. So this takes place in London, and you have a British Pakistani family and teen Rhea Khan. She has dreams of becoming a stunt woman. And so she, she practices every day. She even takes martial arts classes and she records videos for her YouTube channel. And her sister, Lena helps her by being her cinematographer. Um, uh, she has a, an idol, a Eunice Huthert or Huthert, who is a stunt woman. And through her practice, she developed an alter ego called the Fury. Um, so she kept, she keeps trying to do this jumping roundhouse kick, like a la John Claude Van Damme, but yeah. she doesn't quite stick the landing. Like she got, she has the form, she has the height, the kick, but every time she does it, she ends up landing flat on the ground. She just can't land on her feet. So that that's kind of her struggle. Um, and then her sister Lena, who went to school, went to an art school to be an artist 
has now kind of hit that 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 I guess that hard the crossroads because she dropped out of yeah. art school, ended up moving back home, and she's kind of just really aloof. She just does whatever. She doesn't really have any ambitions or energy to do much. Uh, they even show her going to the shop, buying like a whole chicken and eating it. And then a couple of people, I guess they're like distinguished individuals. She tries to hide from them so they doesn't see her eating. Yeah. Then we later find out that their friends are her mom, who's also friends with Rahila, who is, I guess, like top-notch society. She's kind of the... Um, she's just real high-class person. And so they, they kind of look down on that kind of behavior. But so they end up going to the soiree where Salim is having to select a bride, kind of like an arranged marriage, so to speak. And of course, um, you know, nobody really knows about it. Rhea starts snooping around the house and comes into this office where she sees a bunch of photos lying out. One of the pictures being her sister. And so she's like, oh, so this whole thing is about finding a bride. And then to her horror, she ends up seeing her sister and Salim interacting, and her sister seems to be taken, kind of like taken by him. Yeah. So over the course of a few days, she ends up going out with him, but she assures her sister, like, no, it's just, you know, we're just hanging out. It's cool. The next thing you know, they're getting married. Oh, dang. <laughs> yeah. And so, dun, dun, you know, dun, huh? yeah, Rhea does not like this at all. So she... Her and her friends try to come up with some way to ruin this marriage because she feels like her sister doesn't need to do it. Right. And they they go as far as to try to put dirt on him. Like, they can't find any on him. Like, he's like, he's this perfect person. And so, because they end up stealing his laptop, downloading all his information to try to find dirt on him. But oh, they, can't find, they, they can't find anything. <laughs> but but the scene, they end, they end up falling to the gym. And so... Rhea starts off dressed like a man, has a mustache and a really bad wig, sneaks into the to the locker room and is able to unlock his lock and takes the the laptop. And so her friend <clears throat> Alba ends up having to take it back. And so she's real kind of quirky like. So when she goes into yeah. the locker room, she sees all the men. She's like, oh, my God. And so they're trying to tell her to stay focused on what she needs to do to put the laptop back. Um, it's a real, it's a real kind of fun, real funny scene. Um, but they can't find anything. So they say, well, we just need to plant something on them. And Rhea has this really hyperactive imagination where, you know, people get to the point where they don't really believe some of the things she says. So even when she tells people like, this isn't a good idea, this is a bad, um, like she ends up stumbling upon something else that is really bad. Um, yeah, but because of her, her, her imaginative ways, nobody takes her serious. They think she's just being this overprotective sister and she needs to kind of just chill basically. Um, like, like as far as her imagination, like everything that she does, like she, she has fights and battles with people. Sometimes you're wondering like, is this in her head or is this really happening? Um, yeah, it's just kind of almost kind of like Tarantino-esque in a way, like how yeah. the fight, how some of the scenes are shot. Uh, there's a scene where a couple of people are driving in a car, and it's kind of like when um, John Travolta and Samuel Jackson in Pulp Fiction are driving their car, kind of like that stock yeah, yeah. background and whatnot. It's kind of, it kind of feels like that. Um, okay. But overall, it's, it's, it's funny. 
it's kind of a surprise. I feel like it's going to go into a lot of people's radar. Like when I went to see it, I okay. thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be kind of like a packed theater, but yeah. like me and like three other people. So I was like, I don't think a lot of people are going to risk. Well, where'd you go see it though? I was at, where was I at? I was at, um, I went to Green Hills. Okay. So well, I that was, could be. I think if you went to, like, say, 100 Oaks, where they show a lot more of uh, a lot more Bollywood style movies or movies of you know representing Indian culture, there would probably be more uh, more people there too, because that seems to be kind of where uh, where those are mostly shown. Because there's a a bigger population, you probably would had um, probably more people in the theaters with you. Yeah, Green Hills is kind of bougie. Oh, wait. Nope. I saw Chevalier there. Oh, okay. Plus, I did go to Hollywood. So that's oh. why I was kind of that's why I was kind of expecting oh, okay. the crowd yeah. to be different. That is weird. But, it, but um, it was like, I went to the back row. It was one person at the other end, and then like two yeah. people kind of. So I was like, but there's other movies playing there. So they probably went to see those other right. uh, East Indian movies. But um, it's got a nice touch of humor. A lot of kind of that dry humor in a way yes um so um, yeah it, 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 it completely took me by surprise because i didn't really know what to expect from it like the, the way the story went um i wasn't expecting it gets a little kind of dark in a way a little bit a little dark yeah but overall it's entertaining um it's like even the her idol makes an appearance just by voice because she keeps sending emails out to her to try to set up a meeting to go to brunch and everything. But she does finally make contact with her. Um, but everything is so it's, it's believable. Like, you know, she really takes herself serious as wanting to be a stunt woman. Yeah. Um, even though everybody's discouraging her to do it. Uh, but then you kind of find the motivation that she has for why she's trying to stop this wedding then you find out why her sister accepts this marriage and all that. They all have their own little issues that you find out and everything's relatable. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a good movie. Definitely check it out. Yeah, definitely. Sounds good. Sounds like something I would like for sure. Yeah. Um, I watched on Disney plus because um, I thought the kids might want to watch it, but I'm like, you know what? At the same time, York's probably not going to watch it because he's too cool for it now, being a tween. Grayson yeah. might not like it because Captain Hook might scare her. So I'm like, I'll just watch it because I like a good Peter. Well, I like Peter Pan's one of my favorite Disney movies. So mm-hmm. even with all of its cringiness now, 70 yeah. years later, um, <laughs> the, you know, it the overall story itself, I, I enjoy. So I watched Peter Pan and Wendy. Uh Dropped on Disney Plus, I believe it was past Friday, celebrating the 70th anniversary of when the original Peter Pan movie from 1953 was released. And so, uh, so this version, rated PG, an hour and 46 minutes, is based on J.M. Barry's novel Peter and Wendy and inspired by the 1953 animated classic. So it took a little bit, it took inspiration for the book and also took from the animated movie. So I guess the changes the animated movie made with it's uh, from the book. It kind of took, it 
basically used both of those properties as what they were going to go with for their story. Okay. Um, so it's the timeless classic about a tale of a young girl who, uh, defying her parents' wishes to attend boarding school, travels with her two younger brothers to the magical Neverwood. There she meets a boy who, well, she didn't meet him there. She meets him in the bedroom, obviously, because he's having to go chase a shadow or get catch a shadow. And, uh, of course, also meets Tinkerbell, played by uh, Black Ishes. Black Ishes? Hmm, that's weird. Too many, what a, a hyphen and an apostrophe. Um, <laughs> Yara Shahidi uh, plays Tinkerbell. And they meet them there. And it's the Tinkerbell that's not jealous. It's not a jealous Tinkerbell, I guess is a good because like in the animated, Tinkerbell's jealous of Wendy, doesn't like her because she's taking Peter's attention away right. from her so, to Wendy. Um, this one, Tinkerbell is actually just there for everybody and trying to help everybody. And you know, I like I like this Tinkerbell better. Um, anyways, they uh, they they go often. They fly off to Neverland. Uh, they obviously meet the uh, Captain Hook, the pirates, it's me, the whole thing, Lost Boys. And this version has this version has girls as part of the Lost Boys, which apparently just set the internet on fire, I guess, because God forbid they just let kids be kids and it's the Lost right. Boys, but there's also girls, so it's the Lost Children. Who cares? It's a movie. Just, right. Just enjoy it. Just be, who cares? And if you don't like it, you don't have to watch. Exactly. Or if you can't get over the fact that they're called Lost Boys, even though there's girls, and even the film addresses that. Well, there's girls. That can be Lost Boys. Anyways, nobody yeah. cares. The characters are fun. The kids are adorable. The Lost Boys and girls are awesome. This movie features uh, Disney's first uh, Down Syndrome actor as Peter's second in command. So thought that was awesome. I was like, oh, sweet. This is awesome. Love it. And did yeah. an amazing job. The entire cast really did. So because, you know, people are so hell-bent on this is what I grew up with. This is the way it has to be. Any sort of deviation from it is, you know, it was garbage. You know, the I thought for a kid's movie it was done well. It is a... I don't want to say it's darker. Just the lighting's a little bit darker because it's, even though it's Neverland, so it should be a little bit brighter. It's kind of takes a little bit of a DC darker tone as far mm-hmm. not tone, darker lighting, but it's just to show that because they're in the woods too. They're in the woods, so it's gonna right. be a little darker. Um, they briefly show the mermaids when they fly overhead, but otherwise there's no interaction. Tiger Lily is technically so it's there's a lot more Tiger Lily in this movie than there than I have than I've seen in other variations of Peter Pan. And I like it. And she does an excellent job. Um, she's kind of like Peter's, I don't want to say best friend, but yeah, she's not a lost boy. She's got her tribe that she's with, but she comes to help Peter and his adventures. Okay. So, and as well as Wendy. So it, uh, I thought it was a fun movie. Jude Law plays Captain Hook. He does an awesome job. 
the one thing I liked about that was different because, you know, you were like, well, it's just another Peter Pan movie. They're not doing anything different with it. Well, this movie actually does. So in this in the movie, you find out that the reason why Peter Pan and Captain Hook are fighting is because Captain Hook at one point used to be a lost boy. Hmm. But then one day he just left. And was gone for a long time and then came back somehow. It doesn't really explain how he came back. But came back and he's an adult. Yeah. But then lost his hand with the crocodile. The crocodile seems great, by the way. I, very well done. I really enjoyed that part. But it explains that, you know, they're at each other and they're just... Peter's mad at, at Captain Hook for leaving and not telling him that he was leaving and then coming back, and he's just got all this, just not rage, but just frustration because, and just, you know, he was hurt. He was hurt that his friend left and didn't yep. tell him that he was leaving. And then decided to come back, and so now they're going back. And then towards the end, you kind of see them trying to reconcile. I mean, it's not like they're hugging it out or anything, but. Uh, kind of like that respect. Yeah, they kind of resolve some issues yeah Not all the issues but some issues and i i actually like this movie um i know there's a lot of kind of i've seen some reviews that are just giving it a bunch of crap saying jude law is about the only thing good about this movie i think that's a little unfair again people are a lot harsher i feel on kids movies because they're not watching it like a kids movie <laughs> watching it like any other movie which I think is kind of unfair because I really think we you need to kind of have a different kind of mindset when you watch movies like this. Right. And so the person that did that directed this also directed uh, also did the uh, Pete's Dragon adaptation from some years back, like five, six years ago, which I thought was an OK adaptation. I, of course, like the original. Um, that's just more fun. This one's a little more. I don't want to say serious, but it's not as uh uh, I just really like the last, the original one better. Not saying that the other one's bad, but I just prefer. But I think kids will like this because there is a lot of fun. Um, it, there's a lot of you know things that are, you know, I think kids would enjoy about this. I'd, now younger kids probably won't like this. It'll probably it might be too scary. I think older <laughs> kids, however, I think will like it. So, you know, it, it's kind of hit or miss but i am not but i enjoyed it i'll probably watch it again because i feel like i might have missed something yeah um, but i i enjoyed it um yeah so i would check it out again if you have kids i think it'd be a fun watch for them um not sure where you are on whether or not uh i guess too also depends on how much you like the original peter pan or any of the peter pan movies so right but yeah, I, I enjoyed it, and they kept with the traditional Peter Pan costume and had his hat and everything, so it was cool. And, you know, one thing I've enjoyed about the you know people that take the role of Captain Hook is that they always find something new to try and bring to it. It's not the same take over and over and over again. And you know, they try and at least the look, have the look at least be slightly different than each one. So, yeah. That's what I got there. Um, 
real quick uh, for me, TV-wise, the only thing I can say that I've watched that I've enjoyed is uh, there is a move or a show on on Apple TV Plus called The Last Thing He Told Me, which is based on a book, I believe. Uh, stars Jennifer Gardner, Nikolaj Koster-Waldu, who everyone knows is Jamie Lannister from Game of Thrones, and Angry Rice, which everyone knows as Betty Brant from the Spider-Man movies. The Far From Home, Homecoming, and all those. Yeah. You played Betty. Anyways, it is... Uh, the uh, the show is basically about this. Uh, Jennifer Gardner plays this wife and stepmother to the character to Owen and uh, to Owen and his uh, daughter. And so one day, all of a sudden, Owen goes missing. The only thing we, the only thing that Jennifer Garner's character knows, is that there is, uh, she gets a note from one of the stepdaughter's classmates that stops by the house, delivers a note that all it says, uh, all it says is two words: protect her. That's it. And then when his daughter comes home, they are trying to figure out what is going on. She stops by his office. Apparently, they're. The company he works for is getting taken down by the FBI for some like Enron level scheme that had happened. Mm-hmm. So he has gone missing. He has someone that's claiming to be a marshal that's trying to that's needing to talk to him, but not sure why the police are looking for him too. Everybody's looking for him. Nobody knows where he's at. So meanwhile, they're well, Jennifer Gardner and her and the stepdaughter are trying to put pieces together to find out where the heck he went off to. And it's just this mystery of where is he at? Because they haven't they haven't heard from him. They, I mean, it's now it's on uh, episode five at the moment, and they still do not know where he's at. So, and they're still trying to put all the pieces together. It is uh, it's really good. So I would. Uh, Highly recommend it. It's nice little trying to put the, the uh, pieces together. So. so that's what I've been watching. All right. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I think I may have mentioned this series before. Uh, from uh, they've got a new season, so I'm trying to make my way through the first season. But basically. From uh, Unravel the Mystery of a City in, in Middle USA that imprisons everyone who enters. As the residents struggle to maintain a sense of normalcy and seek a way out, they must also survive the threats of the surrounding forest. So everybody that's trapped in this town, like they're just traveling through and they get stuck in this area and they can't get out. It's like um, like if they were to drive around, they end up back in the yeah. same area. But at night, you have these evil people that come out of the forest that if they're out about on the streets, they'll end up taking them out, like killing them. And so they're, they're trying to find a way out. They don't know how, they don't know, they don't know where they are. They don't know, you know, how to get out. They're trying to figure out how to survive these people. So as far as where I'm at now, they're building this tower to try to send out a signal. Maybe the signal will get out and they can communicate. Um, 
but it's it's a good show. And then also, I watched the first two episodes of Citadel that's on Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah. And um, let's see. It's about the global spy agency Citadel has fallen and its agents' memories were wiped clean. Now the powerful syndicate Manticore is rising in the void. Can the Citadel agents recollect their past and summon the strength to fight back? Uh, stars Richard Madden as Mason Kane. You have um, Priyanka Chopra Jonas as Nadia Singh. Uh, Ashley Cummings. And then Stanley Tucci, who's basically their boss. Okay. Uh, starts off with a cool scene on the train where it's a lot of close in fighting action and whatnot on it, the tight quarters. Um, and they pretty much defeat everyone, but one of the enemies left alive ends up blowing up the train and in doing so um mason ends up waking up in the hospital doesn't know where he is doesn't even have his own identity but because his passport says his name is kyle conroy that's the identity he takes and eight years later he ends up marrying and having a kid and then nadia ends up in her alter ego as charlotte um, she ends up eight years later owning a, a restaurant. And so Stanley Tucci's character ends up finding Mile, uh, Mason slash Kyle and kidnapping his whole family, basically, then tells him about what his real identity is. <laughs> and oh, so, okay. of course, Kyle isn't really receptive to it because, like, it's crazy. You know, I'm, you know, I just, uh, you know, I have a family and whatnot. But yeah. he keeps having these visions and images of Nadia in his head, but he doesn't know what it's, where it's coming from. And it's kind of a similar thing that she experiences. Like, they have kind of leftover residual memories, but they just take it as dreams. Just, you know, just weird dreams that they're having. And, um, but two episodes in, it's pretty good so far. Um, there is a lot of telling things instead of showing. So hopefully right. the rest of the series kind of, you know, does better with that. And we get to see more because we don't really know a lot of their history other than what we see on that opening scene on the train. That's all we know about right. their, their relationship. So I think it's like six episodes. We got four to go and they okay. release every week. So we'll gotcha. see how it goes. But so far, it's so far. It's interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah. Also, they're wrapping up a uh, season four of Titans. There's okay. It's, slowly getting down there uh this last episode was interesting because at least there was a uh it was kind of funny because there was a uh, about half the up ep- well half the half the episode had uh some of the characters from the doom patrol so it was like mm-hmm. a little mini crossover so that's yeah. kind of funny um it's okay uh i really like the first half of the season <laughs> the second half's kind of him and Han, I mean, through it, but it's it's getting there. I mean, there's, I think, only two episodes left, so it's getting down to the nitty gritty, so to speak. Yeah, we'll see. Is this the last but, season? Yeah, yeah, I think okay. so. I believe so. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. It's it's all right. Yeah, I did not. I still have not gone back to watch Gotham Knights. I can't make myself do it. <laughs> not good. No. Okay. I've been I've been hearing I different made it things. The first episode and was like, well, that was a struggle. So <laughs> yeah, I did not like it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not a fan. So, and that's okay. It's just not for me. Yeah. 
it is what it is. But yeah, no, it's, it's all good. All right. This week we've got Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So. Yes. Very excited about that. So are the kids. And Book Club, the next chapter. To which my mom will be excited for. Well, like that'll be a fun movie. It might be. You know. How to do it. Wait till it comes to streaming. I could do the two book club movies and then AD for Brady. Just. Oh, yeah, for Brady. That's on Paramount now, right? Or one of the streaming services. One of the, yeah, yeah, one of those, yes. Yeah. What else dropped? One of something else also just dropped on one of those. Shoot, I can't remember. That's going to annoy me. Um, if you do, if you're a fan of David Bowie movie or David Bowie, the Moon Age Daydream dropped on HBO Max. I want to try to watch that. I am not a huge fan, but I I've seen the trailer for this and she uh, and it looks I mean, it looks great. So I'm curious. So yeah. um, I'll check it out. Oh, I know. Yes. 80 for Brady's on Paramount as well as Scream 6 also dropped on Paramount. So if you haven't had a chance to watch that, like my wife, um, this will be able to check it out there. Yeah. And I think that's it. I don't think anything else dropped. That dropped there. Peacock, I don't think anything's new. Again, if you haven't had a chance to watch the amazing movie that is Cocaine Bear, it is on Peacock uh, streaming. And, oh, Champions that you watched and talked about a couple episodes back. Yeah. Uh, is now available on that's now available on Peacock so I'll finally get a chance to check it out there and definitely check out those on the streamings please that covers it and boom boom cool well from both of us we hope everyone enjoys the first of May as well as the entire month but more importantly this first week yeah. <laughs> get out there, get your spring cleaning done, get your cars washed. Yeah, get definitely some new do sunglasses that. if you need to. And uh, yeah, just live your best life. Yeah. We'll be ready to go talk Guardians next week. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.